Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with the co-founders of The Fit Mess, Jeremy Grader and Zach Tucker. Jeremy lives in British Columbia. He's spent the majority of the last decade experimenting with a variety of wellness tools to improve his mental health, lose 70 pounds, and share what's helped him along the way. He's also been in the broadcasting and podcasting business for almost two decades. Zach resides in Albany, New York, and has a passion for helping people define and meet their wellness goals. He thinks that every person is different and there is no one-size-fits-all solutions for someone's wellness. He's on a mission to share his story and some of the tools that helped him on his journey of his own wellness. Both of them together are certified and well-equipped to lead you to the next level. Enjoy this interview. Joe, how are you? Hey, good morning. What's going on? Not too much. Sorry, I'm a minute late here. I'm like just running from meeting to meeting to meeting today. Oh, I get it. I get it. No worries. But I beat Jeremy, which is never the case. Rare. Zach never beats me. I always beat him. I don't know See, what's look wrong at that. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for taking a minute out. Where are you both located? I'm in uh, upstate New York. Okay. And I'm in I'm in British Columbia. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Well, hey, thank you yeah. for taking a minute out. And I'm really wanting to kind of peel back the layers of what you do to help people get to a better place. But before we do that, I want to know... How did you get through this last three years with COVID? How did you get through it? And how has it changed you? Do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, yeah. How did I get through it? Jeez. Um, uh, it was it was a major point of transition in my life and, and that of my family. We, you know, like everybody, we were locked down. The kids were going to school online and, and we were all spending an awful lot of time together. And in our case, I think we were pretty fortunate because we discovered that we actually kind of liked that and where we were currently living and the life we were currently living wasn't lending itself to that. It was hours of traffic in the car and rat race to rat race, you know, after school activity, this after school activity, you know, working constantly to just try and not even keep up, right? Like try to try to not go too much further into debt, like just digging our way into a deeper and deeper hole. And that pause, that moment of reflection just allowed us to go, what if we just decided to live a different life? What if we decided to do things completely differently? And we started looking around at our options and you know, we were, we were living in Seattle at the time, a very expensive city that was only getting more and more expensive and you were getting less and less for the money you were paying. And you know, my wife was born in Canada. So we had always, that had always sort of been in the back of our minds of like, that's a thing we could try. And, you know, in the middle of lockdown, when everybody's working remote anyways, we decided let's head north and see what we can discover. And we got up here and just completely fell in love with everything about just it's, you know, you go outside every day is a painting. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. And we just we just loved everything about it. And so we just decided, let's go. We sold our house. We sold everything, gave everything away, left everyone we knew behind and went to a place where we knew nobody and knew nothing and just decided we're going to take a huge leap and hope that Annette appears to catch us. And by every measure it has, I mean, our, our lives have just improved a hundred percent across the board. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess that's one way of coping, right? We just decided yeah. let's take a huge risk. Like this is such a, a slap in the face of everything, you know, could collapse at any time. So why not just try to make the most of it? And so that's what we did. Yeah. Um, my life is also a hundred percent better and just incredibly much happier than when COVID started for a lot of different reasons though. Um, like I, I was, you know, working from home. It really opened up my opportunity to get a new job. And I ended up like got a new boss during COVID and quit my job with no backup because it was so toxic to my life. 
um, I finally got the courage to ask my wife for a divorce and like got rid of that. And yeah, so like getting through COVID for me was um, let's just take like the two biggest things that any person has going for them and let's throw them out the window and start over. So you guys had a good experience. I mean, it, it was kind of revelatory, I think, for everybody to get to that crossroads where you had to figure out what was what was making sense and what needed to stay and what needed to go. So how did you two get together? How, how did this whole brain trust between you two begin? Yeah. Um, so Jeremy and I met about 12, 13 years ago. Um, our our wives, my wife at the time and his current wife, uh, they were both pregnant at pretty much the same time time and our daughters were born just a couple of months apart but while they were pregnant they were they were doing a uh, a fit moms group where you would train for a triathlon and then the goal was you have your child and then i don't know a month or two after having the child you go do a triathlon so um they were they met each other there and then realized that oh my husband likes star wars oh my husband's a big nerd oh my husband likes podcasts <laughs> there was just a lot of similar interests so you know they they put together the obligatory brunch and we sat down and met and we're like hey hey you know like tough guy shields up how about uh, that sports ball event the other night that neither of us really cares about that was something huh yeah <laughs> uh so that was kind of the beginning and then you know honestly like we you know we went through be becoming dads at the same time and over over the years like we really just started to become vulnerable with each other and start talking about, Hey, how are you feeling? Oh, Oh, you're not getting sleep either. Oh, you got peed on like, all, like all <laughs> of the things that like go into it where you're, you know, like me as a guy, I was raised to, you know, you stand up, you rub dirt on it. Don't let people show your emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, over time, like we just kind of opened up to each other, got that vulnerability going and it was super useful for me, but it was also super useful for Jeremy in our, you know, the lives that we were leading of trying to heal ourselves from, you know, historical wounds that we've had. And, uh, you know, one, just this one day I was like, Jeremy's old podcast, which we'll tell you about in a second was coming to a close. And I was like, look, I've tried 40 million ways to like make myself better mentally and physically 13 of them have worked for me, <laughs> but you know, all of these things that we know about and talk about, like we should be talking about this journey and we should be talking about this sharing of emotions and vulnerability that we're having because it's so helpful and no one else, no other guy is doing this out there. Um, and he looked at me like straight in the eye. I thought I had convinced him we were going to do this thing. And he was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So you're the co-founders of FitMess. So what I want to do is I want to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day so you can explain this correctly. One of the kids looks up and says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Well, the answer to that is, is I think, a different answer than what it is that we necessarily do here. You know, Zach has his full-time day job, and, and my day job actually is helping podcasters grow and monetize their podcasts. Uh, but what the fit mess is, is really just a place where, you know, we're trying to build a community and, and a place for guys who don't have someone to turn to, that don't know where to start, that want to live a better life, are sick of being in their own way, are sick of making the same old mistakes, and just don't know where to turn, or they're new to this path, they're new to this journey, and, and it just they're discovering how lonely it gets. Because as you change your life, the people that you surround yourself with tend to fall away, and they tend to not quite fit anymore for one reason or another. Either they get uncomfortable with with 
your growth or you get uncomfortable with their lack of growth and all of a sudden it just becomes this island that you're on. So we just try to help people understand that it doesn't have to be lonely and that it's important to take this journey, that this self-reflection, that trying to improve yourself while also balancing that with learning to accept yourself wherever you are is, is an incredibly rewarding one because the alternative, at least for me, was you know managing my emotions by drinking them away 12 ounces at a time or just not dealing with them and letting it come out as anger letting it come out as depression letting it come out as you know all these negative things that weren't serving me and by re-examining my life and trying to take this more proactive approach and trying to just lean in more to health and ways to live a, a better life i've been able to learn to manage my emotions better and not rely on you know external devices to do so. I, I have the tools within me to do it. And they don't always work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've gone through the last couple of weeks of uh, some pretty deep depression. And it's just it's part of the deal, but learning to live with it, and learning to try to accept it as a part of your experience and not necessarily who you are, uh, has has really helped me to, to live in, in a more balanced way with it. So that's kind of a long answer for a third grader. I don't know if that's going to help a third grader, but the idea yeah, is to just try to help, uh, to just try to be a support system for other guys that are going through this. How about you, Zach? Yeah, I would. The one thing I would add to that is, you know, the the parts. So I, when I grew up, when I was in third grade, I would hear constantly from my dad, "If you're not, you know, if if you can't do it right the first time, don't do it at all." And it really left this, uh, you know, lifelong. Uh, feeling that I had to do things perfect every single time and that I couldn't fail. But failure is part of the process. Like we don't grow unless we're failing. Like, mm -hmm. And to, to look back at that, I wish I had learned this lesson earlier. Being comfortable with being wrong and examining who you are and what you believe and what you're doing and knowing that you can be wrong and you can change your opinion and you can gather new skills and new tools to make yourself better. Like that feeling of uncomfortable, I'm wrong. That's the money. That's where it's at. Like when you feel that, that's your opportunity to lean in and really become a better human being the next day. So what did each of you want to be when you were in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? <laughs> Uh, I actually wanted to fly airplanes when I was in third grade. Okay. That's funny. I don't know that I knew that. I, uh, I had visions of being a scientist, which meant building robots that would do everything for me. And man, we're getting close. I mean, I'm not the, I'm not the scientist, but there, there's plenty of robots that do a lot of the work for us these days. So that was my dream. The weird thing is, is that the, the answers don't coincide with the imagery. You have a fly... You have a fighter helmet behind you. <laughs> well, let's be honest. It's Luke Skywalker's. I know, helmet, but so. you know, that, that's the reason why I came up with this question was because of Luke Skywalker. So, um, well, I also wanted to be Luke Skywalker, but I also had a, a sense of reality about, about me. I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard in that galaxy. So I wanted to be Luke, but I'm learning that I have way more in common with Anakin. So it's a really place to a weird place to be. And that that opens up a whole other psychological <laughs> quagmire for sure. So let's let me let me kind of switch gears here a little bit. If you could witness one event in human history with your own eyes, what would you love to have seen happen? The start of it all, right? Like who doesn't want to know where all this began? Yeah. If there if there's a way to know 
that, I think that that would answer a lot of the questions that we wrestle with on a day-to-day -day basis without ever really knowing uh, the real answer. Yeah. Wow. Just to pick one. I mean, that's, I am, I'm fascinated with the whole idea of, um, you know, why do we do it? Why do we do it this way? Because we've always done it this way. There's, there was an inflection point at some point where somebody decided to do it that way. Um, so for everything, but, uh, I guess personally, I would, from my own personal experience and, and interests, I would go back to see like the building of the pyramids. Like, was it aliens? What <laughs> tools did they use? Was it really engineering? How'd they get them up there? Like, I want to yeah. know that. That would be really cool. So obviously in our lives to give us fuel, we need people to inspire us. Who has been your hero? Um, you know, honestly, I talked about my dad a few minutes ago about him saying, you know, if you're not going to do it, if you can't do it right, don't do it at all. Um, he was really, um, you know, it took me a lot of years to reflect on this, but he really was my, he is my hero. Um, I, I was taken away from my mom from, by CPS because of a, an abusive, um, household, and my dad stepped up and did the right thing and he did the best he could. And he didn't have all the tools and knowledge that we have today to become better people and better parents and all those things. But he did the best he could. And while he failed in a lot of areas, like he owned it. He, he was there for his family when his family need, when his family needed him. So, and from all of the lessons that he taught me and all the anxiety and mental health issues that I took out of it as well, there's also like this work ethic and this, this ability to, make people feel better by doing that. Like he was the kindest guy you could ever imagine. Like he would just do favors for people. Didn't expect anything in return. And I look back now and I'm starting to become that guy where, you know, somebody says they love a certain dish at, you know, at the gym that I go to and I'll just go home and make it and bring it to them. I don't want anything in return, but my dad was in a bad spot and he did everything he could to do the right thing. Um, with the tools and knowledge that he had. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's a hero, right? You do the best job that you can with what you've got and be okay with it. And I didn't turn out so bad. So he did okay. Uh, Luke Skywalker. No, um, <laughs> I mean, in some ways that's true because I don't know that I ever truly had a hero. I've always, I feel like my life has been sort of running away from the things that that were problematic for me when I was young and rather than running toward some emulation of greatness. Um, so I, I think the best answer I have now is the, the, the version of me that I want to become is my hero because somehow he figured it out. Somehow he knows what the steps are and he got there. I still don't know what those are. And I guess every day and, and try different things, hoping to live up to his standards so that in, you know, five years, 10 years, I can look back at this version of me and go, ha, good job, kid. You did it. Um, so I think that's the best, uh, example of a, of a hero that I, that I have right now. You know, so we're all probably somewhat in the same kind of age range here. I just turned 50 last year. And I think about the moment that I decided to round a corner in my life and do some things differently. And my dad passed in 08 and got to a point where it was almost too late. He was diabetic. He was overweight, heart issues, things just stacked up and i was like there is a point in your life where you can't re you can't be kind and rewind the tape 
you know, it's going to stay. <laughs> so like my question to you is this, when is it that a dude or how is it that they get to that point where they say, I'm doing something differently, whether it's cutting out the foods, exercising, all of these things. Is that kind of a part of what you're trying to do to help people get to that mentality? That's one part of it. But the other part of it is what's your summation on when you finally get to that point in life? Uh, I think there's two, I think there's two parts to that, right? It, I mean, it's different for everyone. Um, I know, you know, for me, ultimately it's going to come down to you are sick of your own shit and you want to make a change, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. And that is a, a different moment for everyone, right? For me, it was in and out of jail, um, addicted to drugs, 300 pounds, eating crappy food, not exercising, um, high school education, right? Like all of those things came together. Um, but I think the second part of it is, is education, right? I know for me, I had a couple of people in my life that let me know that I had other options, that I could go do other things. But some of it, some in a lot of cases, people just don't know that there's a better way to eat. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to exercise. There's a better way to to think, the better mindset to have. Like those options aren't apparent to everyone. And I and it's unfortunate that they're not apparent to everyone. And they should be taught in school to a greater extent than they are. So I guess this is maybe I've drifted off of the question a little no, bit, but like you nailed it. That that is that is the one thing that it's so important to me is like educating people that there is a different way to live. You do have to make a choice and it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy and it's going to suck, but there is a way to do it. But you also have to get to that point where you're sick of your own stuff. I think there's two parts to this one. I think unfortunately for most of us, it's hitting a rock bottom of some sort, like just for, for whatever reason, you have no choice, but to turn things around or to try to turn things around. Hopefully we can avoid that by convincing people that, whatever comfort zone they're living in that is causing misery is no longer serving them like that their their comfort has has to become so uncomfortable that they're they're forced to make a change and so you know in my case i was just living my life and then i hurt my knee and i got on a bike because my physical therapist told me to and that's where i learned all about living in the moment because on a bike in city streets if you don't it's not going to end well and for me it didn't once so that opened all kinds of doors. You know, I wanted to learn how to bring more of that to my life. And so, you know, riding that bike landed me in a therapist's office, which landed me on a meditation cushion, which has now landed me in cold plunging and running and lifting weights and all of the things that I've done because I hurt my knee. And because the doctor said, if you don't get on a bike, you'll need to replace your knees. And that was enough of a rock bottom or enough of a, of a, of a fear of, of a scare to forced me to try something else. And just by trying something else, it forced me to try a lot of something else's that have led to a vastly improved life. So unfortunately for most people, it will be rock bottom. It'll be some terrible thing. But hopefully if you're listening to a show like this, you're getting close to that and realizing I need to do something differently. And usually it's just that, just try something. But yeah. doing the same thing over and over again, we know how that ends. Definition of insanity. So, um, of all the things that each of you respectively have done in your life, overcome, accomplished, what are you the proudest of? I mean, there's the material things. I mean, I lost 70 pounds. I made this big dramatic move to a new place to, you know, better the lives of my family. 
Um, but I think ultimately underneath all of that is that I learned to stop running from my fear and face it head on. Like whatever, whatever the obstacle is, whatever the challenge is that's in the way, I spent my entire life going, nope, that's too hard. That's for other people. And just allowing myself to be a victim and not try. And what I've learned in the last, you know, 12 years of doing this with Zach and, and, you know, just going on this journey is that every time that I lean into something that's difficult, I come out stronger on the other side. And that has just been a complete 180 from the life I was living before this. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Maybe it seem saying it out loud probably seems, you know, pretty plain, but I'm happy and I'm healthy and I'm okay. And I'm grateful for that because 20, 25 years ago, I wanted to kill myself and I was miserable and I didn't want to be alive. And I could never imagine a world where I would be okay with myself and the people around me and the hopelessness and the despair and all of those things that I remember vividly and i keep them in my memory so that i you know with as as a picture of something i don't ever want to get back to and i am most proud of the fact that i've been able to turn that around it's taken a long time and every single day it's a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better and for anyone who has those those issues like you can turn it around it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long journey but you can get there um and i still have my ups and downs now but i think i am most proud of the fact that I'm 44. I am in the best shape of my life. I am pretty much the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. I am good job, security, all of these things because I didn't give up because I went, hmm, this is painful. Let me push into it or lean into it like Jeremy was saying and and face it head on. So if you were to have a dream tonight, you ran into a younger version of yourself, say 20, you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've gained up to this point. What would you tell that young version of you? Uh, so it's, I mean, funny you ask that question. So I have a, I have a picture of myself as a seven-year-old boy in my living room. Um, and I talk to him on a very regular basis, um, <clears throat> especially when I'm having some down moments. The first thing I would say is everything's going to be all right and you're okay. Like reassurance. But uh, just to, just to reemphasize what I said a few minutes ago. I would really just double down on the whatever you're feeling that's painful, whatever's hurting you, whatever whatever it is that you feel is wrong, you can't avoid that. You need to lean into that. You need to understand it and figure out what's causing it and avoid those things, get rid of those things, ditch those friends, ditch those habits and find alternative ways to, you know, um go through life. Just that like I spent so many years running away from my problems, like Jeremy said, and you're never going to outrun your problems. It's like you can't, you can't outrun a bad diet, right? You're not going to outrun your problems. You got to face them head on, figure out where they are, get to the root of them and, and take them out. So I would, I would tell my 20 year old self that as well as, you know, it's going to be okay. I think mine's similar other than I would say, stop looking for shortcuts because there's no shortcuts. You, you, what you're looking for is instant gratification and that is not going to pay off in the long run. Do, do the hard thing, do it a little bit every day and know that consistency is the key to accomplishing anything. Because 
I spent the first half of my life trying to shortcut everything. I thought I was smarter than everybody. Thought I had everything figured out way ahead of everybody. And at every turn, I ended up worse off than if I had just stuck with it, shown up every day, put in the work. Um, so I would just, I would say that rely on consistency, stop looking for shortcuts and just show up every day. So let's fast forward to our hyper reality right now in the modern day. And everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What is your respective uh, view on who you are? Who do you think you are? Mm. That's a good question. You want me to go? Because I actually yeah, go. If you putting, got something, go. I've been putting a lot of thought of a thought a lot of thought into this uh, lately. Just with all of my life changes, like I've had to very much rediscover who I am to some extent. Like you know the 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 habits and processes that I got into with my old job and with my with my ex wife. You know they were things to help me survive, not who I was. Um, and what I'm really coming to understand is like I love helping people. Um, that's why I think that's why I started in it 25 years ago is like, you know, I like to help people solve problems. Um, so I really, I do, I just love people and I love helping them and doing things for them. Like I said earlier, if I hear somebody, their favorite dish, I'll go make it. If I, someone says they need something, I'll go get that for them. Like, and I don't want anything in, I don't want anything in return. I just feel like I've been supported by my community to get to the point where I'm at. It's time for me to give it back. So who am I? I'm giving, I'm caring, thoughtful. Um, I want other people to have the success that I've had. Um, this morning at the gym, they asked, they ask a question of the day, like, you know, just usually something random. And they're like, have you started Christmas shopping yet? And everyone's like, no, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Mine's almost done. We're not even in October yet. Like I've been like on it all year, finding things for people. I already got Jeremy's present, like the whole thing. So that that's me now is like, I just want to give back to the community. I want to be a good dad. I want to be thoughtful, caring. I want to be in touch with my feminine side, but I also want to be able to change a tire too. Nice. What about you? Great. Jeremy? Now I got to get you a Christmas present. <laughs> um, I didn't say it was a good one. Oh, okay. Thank there God. you go. See the caveat. Ah. Uh, I think honestly, when I think about it, this question is probably uh, part of what has been at the root of some of the depression I've been going through lately, because I still, despite everything that I do every day, struggle with self-acceptance. I don't know that I have a lot of it. Um, so, so even knowing who this guy is, I'm still kind of figuring out. Uh, I think on the outside, I'm like a friendly, outgoing, you know, family man who's happy with his life and everything's, you know, everything looks perfect on the outside, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I made the reference of having a lot in common with Anakin Skywalker. Like the, the outgoing funny guy feels like a mask that I've always worn. Like I, I want to be able to just sit quietly in a room and not have to be entertaining and not have to have silly jokes and not have to just play this character. And so, uh, I mean, just, just being honest, full disclosure, I don't know if that's like the depression talking that's like, just wants to sort of shut down and, and remove. But part of me feels comfortable there, which also scares me. So like, I need to challenge that comfort zone and push that and, you know, engage with people. But I think I'm still figuring that out. Like yeah. after going through everything I've gone through and then immigrating to a new country and like really still being isolated because I don't have like a lot of close friends here. 
Um, I'm, I'm sort of figuring out who I am in this version of my life. Um, but like Zach, you know, I, I know the thing that lights me up is every day when we talk and do this show and hope to help people that feels good. When I talk to clients every day and yes, we're growing their podcast, but at the root of it is some limiting belief, some underlying reason why they won't move forward, helping them overcome that stuff makes me feel good. So I think in, in the same way Zach said, I feel like my, you know, my purpose or my mission is to help people overcome their obstacles. Uh, but you know, along the way, I've got plenty of my own still to, to battle with. So for anyone out there that wants to continue this further, the fit mess, anything that they can get in touch with, with each, each of you respectively and together, where can they go? Best place is whatever podcast listener or podcast player you're using right now. Find our show. It's called The Fit Mess, or you can check out our website. It's thefitmess.com. Cool. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your story. Um, the great answers, man. We, I think we got to the essence of things. I love the stories. So I think, I think that's the thing I think hopefully that happened out of this whole COVID thing is that there's a more of an acceptance, whether whatever gender you're in to get to a place where you're better off, you know, cause dudes are always built to tamp it down like a Bill Burr skit, man. We're just, yeah. we're just <laughs> squeezing all of that down until it boom blows Absolutely. up. So we're, Absolutely. we all are dudes and know that. And for you to be cognizant of that and helping people to get to a better place, it's a good thing because that's Thank natural you. for women. Like, you know, there's, there's tears, there's emotions, there's things that go into it, but dudes are just like, you know, just like you said, wipe dirt on it, move on, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's good to get to a better place. So absolutely. thank you for your story. Thank you so much for the yeah. opportunity. Thanks yeah. for having us. Absolutely. Best of luck guys. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Take Have care. a good one. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm -hmm.